Right, this is the second time uh, I've recorded this today, um, but doesn't matter. We're not gonna. It's not gonna all be repeated. Well, the song, the stories are because they are something I found in um, the snow. Um, but yeah, the first time I tried to record this, I recorded it on my laptop microphone by accident, and I was just trying to go back and edit it, and it sounded awful. So. We're back, and we've got high-def microphones this time. Um, I thought I could pass for that poor quality, but we're not having it. You guys don't deserve it. Um, I've been away for almost a year, and we can't have the boondoggles return um, in poor definition. So here we are, re-recording it with HD microphone quality. Um, So... Yeah, this is the Boondoggle Podcast, a podcast where I, Alex Boone, uh, read stories from a book that I found. And this time I was was wandering about, um, traipsing through the snow, and kicked back some snow and revealed a little... um, I guess this one was more of a leaflet, it only contains two stories, um, two Christmassy stories, so that was nice to come uh, stumble upon around Christmas, and it was said the boondoggle on the front of it, except this time it said the Christmas boondoggle, uh, part two, so I thought, um, well, it's been a while, best get the old mic out again and read them to the lovely people at home. Um, I was hoping to get this out uh, on... Christmas Eve morning, so you could listen to it while you're preparing your Christmas dinner. Um, I mean, that's what I do. I cook the thing on Christmas Eve, and then you stick it in the oven, like you prepare it, because I, as a vegan man, have a nice little Wellington. Um, Not a Wellington boot, a mushroom and butternut squash one. This year, uh, using a recipe by my good friend Phil. Um, prepare it on Christmas Eve and then listen to a nice Christmassy um, thing sometimes the Snoopy, the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack but you guys could listen to this um, if you want but it's looking like this will come out maybe Christmas Eve afternoon Christmas Day morning so maybe you could put it on Christmas Day morning uh, as you guys are all unwrapping your presents and um, spending time with the family you could have me on in the background just talking nonsense and just rambling in your ears. Um, it's up to you. Not making you to, making you do it, but I think it really might improve your Christmas. Um, I know if I release it on Christmas Day, I will be competing in the charts with the uh, annual Adam and Joe Christmas podcast, but I'm feeling optimistic we can get the number one spot. Um, but I should explain where I've been all this time. Um, so last time I spoke to you, I I think I was probably, well, I made a lot of promises. I said I was going to go on camping trips and record my or walks and just record myself doing that. Um, I haven't done that yet. Um, maybe still do it. I'd like to. Um, but I, oh, it's been a bloody weird year. So sad as ups and downs. Um, but I, yeah, the last time I spoke, I was going to go and live in a van. Well, I was going to 
I think I was just about to go and finish the van. And then um, in June, I set off in the van, hoping that the van would be some sort of roving podcast machine where I would drive around the country, finding more boondoggle stories and reading them out to the nation. But um, alas, the van, well, for me anyway, did not turn out to be the, the great podcast machine I wanted it to be. It did not put me in the right headspace for finding um, silly little nonsense stories, you know. Um, yeah, it was hard. Um, I thought I'd be roving around the nation, England, Scotland, Wales. Um, I didn't expect to be going to Ireland, although I'd love to, to all my Irish listeners out there. Um, I will be in your land one day. Um but, and I went to Wales, and I went to Scotland in the van. I have done that, but the majority of the time, I was parked in Chalton, in Manchester, um, which was not the dream. Um, I was parked opposite a friend's house, right by a school. It's quite weird, and um, yeah, it wasn't the dream. Uh, I'd wake up, and you just hear the school children coming past you, door and you can't really open your van door as the school children are coming past um and it is weird to be um so i had to um well i had a bottle to piss in i had a pot to piss in so it wasn't that i had nothing i had a pot to piss in and so that's where i went to the toilet in a two little bottle and it did feel very strange, even though I had tinted windows and usually had my blinds on, to be doing a wee while there were school children, um, less probably a metre away. Um, that was the van life. And it's not what you see on YouTube, um, but it is the reality for me. Well, it was the reality for me. I am now in a house. Um, how long I'll be in that house? Who knows? But... That was van life um, in my experience. Um, yeah, I had uh, this two-litre bottle. for that I, would, I would switch out the two-litre bottle every couple of weeks um, for my number ones. Number twos um, would go on at uh, a cafe, perhaps. Um, although I'd have to, there was a small cafe nearby and I'd have to buy a coffee to justify using the toilet and then uh and then that that coffee would make me need the toilet again so um after that i'd just go into the supermarket or sometimes weatherspoons later on in my stay i realized but it all just felt kind of bleak um and so yeah it was not the roving podcast machine that i thought it would be because i kind of had to be in the city to um to have signal i thought i could be in the peak district a lot of the time but um yeah i was using the wi-fi hotspot on my phone and so i needed to couldn't be in the arse end of nowhere I had to be in chilton um and also i um yeah i think so when i got the van i was like so people said, when I had this idea, they said, one, aren't you going to be lonely? Two, 
Where are you going to go to the toilet? And three, where are you going to do your washing? Two, I've already explained to you. Well, what I initially said to them was, one, I want to be alone because I'm going to find all these amazing stories. Um, I'll be all over the land and I'll be in this really creative and great headspace. And then number two, um, what did they say? Where you go to the toilet? Well, I've ex- well, I said to them, I'll go in bushes. I'll dig a hole. And on the first day I got went set off in the van, I bought a brand new trowel for digging holes. And then number three, uh, I said I was going to do my washing at friends' houses and at laundrettes. That came true. One and two um, didn't come true so much. But we're back now and we've got a house and we've still got the van for trips. Um, but it's, um, yeah, not livable. Well, it is livable, but um, not... Not forever. Anyway, maybe um, maybe it's just... Uh, I think... So when COVID hit, I realised I like being around people. And so that's part of the reason why I kept hanging around in Manchester. I couldn't be gallivanting around the nation on my own. Because I was like, hey, I want to socialise now. Um, so that's what happened. Uh, and that's why you guys haven't received a podcast for a year. Because I know you've been looking in your podcast feed every week thinking... Will we get another Boondoggle podcast? Will we get another Boondoggle podcast? And, alas, here's one for you. Slamming into your podcast feed. Um, Yeah, funny old year. Funny old year. But here we go again, just about to start a new year. And this uh, is a one-off, I think. Yeah, it's not the start of a brand new series, but there will be a new series I think, because as much for me as for you, I I like finding these stories and telling the nation about them. Not just the nation, the world. We've got listeners in Austria. Hello, um, Katie in Austria. And your family. Should we begin with the first story? Um, here we go. So this story um, is called The Elves' Revolt. Uh, so, got Santa. Santa plodded across the snow. It was mid-December, so it was usually around this time that the North Pole was kicking off. 11 months of the year, it's pretty quiet. You get scientists popping along for occasionally for studies and that sort of thing. Um, and so Santa and his elves make themselves scarce until the busybodies are gone. But apart from that, the Christmas gang are twiddling their thumbs most of the year. The elves play games amongst themselves that Santa finds strange and a little bit unsettling, but he doesn't bother them about it. There's a bit of clearing up in January after the intense month before, wrapping paper scraps all over the floor and finished reels of tape. And, of course, the aftermath of the Christmas party, which takes place in January for obvious reasons. They tried it in December one year, 1938 it was. Ruined Christmas for the whole world. Not that nobody got any presents, that would have been better. It's just some people didn't get presents, but their neighbours did. And this led to a little bit of jealousy in the community. Next thing you know, there's a world war on our hands. 
So Santa was a little bit sheepish that year and learnt his lesson. The Christmas party has to be in January. Anyway, Santa plodded across the snow to inspect the work of his elves and in his toy shop. Just had a panic that I haven't been recording, but we have, so it's all good. Hello, yes, we're recording. Back to the, back to the, back to the elf. So Santa plodded, Santa plodded across the snow to inspect the work of his elves in the toy shop. His own house was an elegant building, decked out with chandeliers and double glazing, and a lovely Mrs. Claus warming herself by the fireplace. But the toy shop was a big, brutal concrete building that was only warmed by the sweating workers inside. In fact, to call it a toy shop was a little too quaint. It was a factory, and there's no two ways about it. As he approached the door to the factory, Santa noticed a change in the typical sounds. There was no whirring or clunking of machinery, but a hubbub of voices. He threw open the double doors to find the elves sat about chatting. What on earth is going on here? said Santa. It's a good Santa voice, isn't it? Um, and the, the elves went silent and they all looked up at the great big beardy bloke. It's the 15th of December and you're all farting about like a bunch of Andy apricots. Are you looking for a repeat of 1938, are you? You want a World War Three, is that it? Uh, so, the elves quivered at Santa's wrath, each one of them afraid to speak up, until one tentatively raised her hand. It was Tracy, a diminutive little elf. Aren't they all? you might ask. Well, yes, but this one was particularly so. Even for an elf, she was tiny. As all the elves turned to look at her, she puffed up her chest and screwed up her face. You! What is it? Santa bellowed across the factory floor. Oh. We're, we're, we're on strike, said Tracy. said Tracy. Strike? You don't even know what a strike is. We do! She said back, and we do was repeated across the floor, whole floor. We do, we do, we do, we do, we we do, we do. Each elf nodding to one another. I don't. Came a single voice. No one told you, Ron. Said Tracy. Oh, who was meant to tell Ron? A hubbub again. I'm sorry, I completely forgot. Said another elf. No worries, Tim. We all make mistakes. Ron, a strike is where we all pack up our things and we won't do a single bit more work because we just aren't being treated right. Does that sound like something you'd be up for? Well, yeah, but we we, we ain't been treated right for years. It's just, isn't that just, you know, the life of an elf? Oh, no, Ron, no, no, no. We deserve better than this. A strike gives us power. Strike. He repeated the word as if hearing it for the first time. Strike, strike, strike. Slowly, more elves joined in and strike filled the room, soon being chanted in unison. Strike, 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 strike. It's the the 15th of December, you fools. One by one, the elves rose to their feet. You're going to ruin Christmas. 
You're going to ruin the world! And Tracy began marching towards the door, and they all followed, marching themselves out of the factory, past Santa's baffled eyes and out into the snow, all the while continuing to shout, Strike! 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 It's hard to do the voice of many elves in unison, um, but you can imagine that's what they're all shouting. It's a real momentous uh, scene, this one, I expect. Um, this is the first time I've read it because I just found this book in the street. No, I didn't. I found it in the snow. But snow can be on the street. Anyway. My throat's getting dry. Anyway, so they gathered out in the snow and continued and continued to shout, "Strike! Strike! Strike! Strike!" Okay, get off. They quietened down. You, the leader of this whole thing. What is your name? <laughs> it kind of went into um the rock there. It doesn't matter what your name is. Uh, anyway. What is, what is your name? We don't have leaders, said Tracy. We are one. Why have you done all the talking then? She couldn't answer. My name is Tracy. Tracy, no. Tracy, I'd like you to come with me. She looked around at all the other elves for assurance, but was met with shrugs and averted eyes. I'd like to talk about this. From a great big Santa to you, a tiny little elf, in private. The other elves nudged her onwards and, with reluctance, she went on. Tracy sat in a giant chair in Santa's glamorous office. Noticing how she had to peer over the desk to get a good look at her combatant, she decided to stand upon the chair. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy! What happened? We used to be a team. Now what's all this? Striking at Christmas? Can't you strike in July? It really messes things up at this time of year. You want to know what happened? This happened, she said, revealing a little red book. Have you heard of it? You shouldn't be playing with the presents. Anyway, little elf, you don't want to worry yourself with those sort of ideas. That's for humans, not for you tiny folk. Well, too late, Mr. Claus. Pablo the Elf read it last week, and he's told everyone. Well, where's Pablo now? How come he isn't your leader? We don't have leaders, she snapped, then paused. Pab Pablo has gone to Sweden. He said they would treat him right there. Fair. What's wrong with your life here? You get living quarters, food, and you only work one month a year. The rest of the year you lot are playing those stupid games where you... Well, I won't ask any questions, but that's your business. But yes, you don't know how lucky you are. But Mr. Claus, half the elves has gone mad by Christmas Eve. We work to the bone all December. You're not. We are, Santa. Completely bonkers. I don't know me arse from me elbow half the time. It takes me till next November to recover. Santa's eyes widened. Is this true? I thought that was 
part of the elf life cycle. Like hibernation. Half a year, you tear your hair out, put your shoes in the freezer and eat. Well, I told you we won't go into that. We will not mention that. No, Santa, we've lost our minds. You haven't. We have. No, I actually believe you now. This is just me being surprised. Good. So, you know, we can work together to get these Christmas back on track. Well, how can I help? What can I do? There's just too many people and they don't send their lists until December. I've got my hands tied. Hold on. Tracy and Santa head back outside to the group, who cheered at the sight of the duo. Let's let's try this. What do we want? There was a pause and a mumbling within the group. We don't know, they all shouted in unison. Come on, guys, what can Santa do? A few calls came out. Breaks? Can't do that. We're down to the wire already. Less work? Not happening. More people than ever. Same amount of elves. Silence again while they all thought. Uh, credit? Came one voice. What do you mean? Well, well, when people get their presents, it just says, from Santa. Could it possibly say, from Santa and the elves? Santa paused to think. Oh, um, hmm. Yes, I suppose that wouldn't be uh, too much of a problem. All the elves cheered. So, uh, that, that's it? Back back to work? He asked Tracy. Come on, guys, back to work! She called, and they all marched back inside. So that Christmas, each child had a new message on their label, and all the elves felt a little warmth inside as they wrote, From Santa and the Elves. They were still worked to the bone, with no breaks and no pay, and they went mad till November. But what can you do? The population goes up, but the elves stay the same. At least they're a little happier for a little bit of the year. And a Christmassy story. I like that one. Um, some people might think of it as a bit blasphemous. Because um, it does involve Santa as a big overlord, um, working like a big kind of Scrooge kind of uh, character working these elves to the bone and if you think about it the elves this whole story that we've told about Christmas Santa and the elves it's not not great is it who are the elves and why are they destined to work um, just build toys all year well not all year in December it's just um, yeah it doesn't seem Seems very capitalist, doesn't it? Does It just does. I mean, and some people say that Christmas, well, the whole Santa thing was invented by Coca-Cola. So it all adds up, doesn't it? Santa is the big boss and his elves are his little slaves. Just think about it. Next time you think about elves. But in the film Elf, they're all pretty happy. But maybe it's because that's all they know. But if that's all they know, does it matter? Now we're getting into the Matrix territory. Um, anyway, that was the nice Christmassy story that makes you think about Santa and his elves. And presents. 
Anyway, that's what Christmas stories should do. Anyway, what now? Right, so, I was on the bus the other day, and um, someone said to me, alright, this, well, so I was on the bus the other day, I had my earphones in, and a man was next to me, and he just tapped me, and so I had to take my earphones out, and he said, you know farts, and I, so I had a, the preface to this, I had a mask on, he didn't. It's about COVID, this story. But, as the old saying goes, well, everything's about COVID. Similar to the saying, what's the, how does it go? Everything is about sex, except sex, which is about power. I think that's a famous saying, or at least I heard it in a song by Janelle Monet. Well, nowadays, everything's about COVID, except COVID, which is about a virus. Um, anyway, so I was, uh, I was, I had mask on, he didn't, and he said, you know, farts, um, well, you, um, if you're wearing pants, you have the fart, the pants don't stop the fart smelling, but we're still wearing masks, um, and I I didn't have a good response to him at the time. Not that I was convinced. I just kind of said, I think there's a lot of science gone into it. Um, but he was convinced. He said, why are we wearing masks if pants can't hold a fart in? Um, since I've heard this, I've actually been told that I think this is something that um, Piers Corbyn is a big um, proponent of, this theory. But it was one of those times when I thought, I really wish I had um, a smart comeback at the time. So I went home and thought about it. And thinking about it, if if um, farts have got methane in them and poo particles, but COVID is not made of something stinky. If If COVID came out of your bum, then wearing pants would be enforced or advised um because covid would be stopped by because pants pants would stop the covid coming out of your bum um but it's a different thing methane and farts and that whole thing it works in a different way i think i'm not a scientist but if farts came out of your mouth or burp some call them well i don't know uh, I, anyway, let's not get into that. Um, then a mask wouldn't stop that either because it's just a different thing. Like, some things can get past material, some can't. And I'm not saying that COVID can't get through any material, but it definitely stops it. And a fart in open air, if you're not wearing any pants, is definitely a lot worse than a fart with pants on. I see, is that true? I don't know. Either way. It's not the same thing. Um, so that was my little bus experience. And uh, I didn't have a great response at the time. And I, I, I wonder if I'd kind of told him that argument. Would he be convinced? But I had to get off the bus pretty soon. And so I was off. 
And yeah, one experience though, definitely eye-opening. Um, but a shame that I couldn't convince him at the time. Let us go on to the second story. This one is called Driving Home for Christmas. There's a gun. Okay. So, here we go with this one. Alright. Driving home. Drive, drive, drive. I'm just trying to figure out the voice. Driving home, driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. So, Darren forced the song from his mouth as he was driving home for Christmas. It was Christmas Eve, but he just wasn't feeling too Christmassy. He turned on the song to try and boost his spirits, but it just wasn't doing it. He could wait to see those faces. Every year, he hoped one of those faces wouldn't be there the following year. But for the last five years... They all were. He didn't hope they were dead. No, that was too far. Maybe slightly ill or missing. No, not missing. Just out of the picture. In a literal set when... In a little... Just out of the picture. In a literal way, not in a mafia way. Each year, Robert, Miranda and Lenny all turned up with their partners, all smooching and giving each other presents and smiles. The same partner every year. How they did it, he would not understand. But so far, not one Christmas has he had a smooch and a smile from a loved one. He'd had girlfriends. Oh, you bet he'd had girlfriends. They just hadn't worked out. He pictured himself that evening on an airbed in the living room, having had to give up his old bedroom for Lenny and Benjamin, doing God knows what. Tap to toe in tailbacks, he sang. Now that was an excellent line. He repeated it again. Tap the toe in tailbacks. It flows so delightfully off the tongue. Then, bang, he felt a bump. Then that notorious rumble of a flat tyre. Shit, shit, shitty, shit, shit. He turned on his hazards and pulled over. Chris Rear was still tinkling along on his piano, joyfully, while Darren smashed his head on his horn. The song ended and he sat in silence, before gathering himself up for a call to the RAC. The van pulled up behind him with its flashing orange lights and Darren stepped out to greet the man. But who he saw in the driver's seat was not what he expected. Not a man at all, but a beautiful lady. She stepped out of the van and threw a little smile his way. She was clearly nervous. Uh, not, not, not what you expected? Her name badge said Cleo. So, Cleo is what he said. Well, not really, but it's, you know, it's it's a nice surprise. Oh, oh yeah. She would look at him, then dart her eyes away. How so? Well, it's just the blokes, the, the usual ones, they just... I've never known how to change a tyre, so, uh... They'd say things like, You don't know how to change a tyre, Darren? It is Darren, isn't it? She checked her paperwork. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly what they say. He went all shy again and walked off towards the shrubbery on the roadside. She shuffled after him. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to offend you. 
She reached out with her greasy hand and grabbed his. He turned towards her and gazed into her bright green eyes and she whispered, I'll show you. I, I can't, he shook his head vigorously. You can, you just have to believe. He returned the smile and said, Okay. She walked him round to the back of his car and popped the boot open. The boop? She walked him round to the back of his car, popped the boot open and removed the floor to reveal the bit where the tyre should be. No spare? He shook his head solemnly. I used to have a spare, he told her, but then I used it. Yeah, you've got to replace them, said Cleo. His mind was taken back to the end of his last relationship. It was last summer. A scorcher, I was with my girlfriend at the time. We got a flat. She suggested calling you guys. I had breakdown cover for work. But no, I said I'd do it. You can't change a tyre, she kept saying. I can, I can, I can, I told her. I told her. I, in I insisted, so I put it on as best as I could. I didn't know what I was doing, though, Cleo. I had no fucking clue. Anyway, I tried my best and well. She's not around anymore. You crashed said Cleo. No, she just said that the driving felt a little bit wobbly and then she left me for a mechanic. Oh, I actually didn't think I did too bad. She clutched his hand once more. He enjoyed the feel of the grease of her hands. It's okay. I've got a spare in the van. She pulled out the tyre, jack and wrench and brought them round to the flat one. She handed him the jack and showed him where to put it. So, were uh, you driving home for Christmas this evening too? Taryn asked. At this, Cleo sucked in her lips and shook her head. No, not me. I haven't seen the family in a while. You? Oh, sorry, are they uh, still around? She nodded solemnly. Sure, they're about. It's just we have our differences. Politics? Not exactly. It's a long story. Oh, go, go on. I'd love to hear it. This time he comforted her. The car was all jacked up now. You know how to undo the bolts? Sure. His hands shook as he moved the wrench towards them. Go on, tell me. She went on with the story to distract him, if anything. Well, I come from a long line of mechanics, you see. Road mechanics, keeping people safe year round. If you need us, we'll be there. We are the saviours of the road, <laughs> said Darren. My brothers, Aston and Martin, they're mechanics. My dad, Yaris, he's a mechanic. He's granddad, Fabia. A mechanic? My younger brother? said type A mechanic? All named after cars? She paused to think. Yeah, come to think of it, uh, seems that way. So, what's the problem? You've joined the family business? One of them, aren't you? 
The bolts were undone now and he slid the bad wheel off. You've got this, Darren smiled to himself. She rolled the good wheel to him. Now here's the key thing. Diagonally do the bolts. That's the trick. That's the way you went wrong last time, I bet. You do a little bit on one, then go over to its diagonal friend. Then go along one and over to his diagonal friend. Then finally tighten them all up together. I bet that's really when you went wrong. Thank you. He spoke from the bottom of his heart. He was still shaking though. So they they didn't want a woman mechanic in the family, is that it? Oh no! A big fan of female mechanics in this family. Feminism, equality, it's all the rage in that house. The thing is, they're all AA. I'm RAC. Is, uh, is that a problem? It's a feud as old as time, since before cars existed, it seems. RAC and AA do not mix. So, how come you're RAC? Love. So I thought. Fell in love with the regional manager. He drew me in. Now he works with bicycles. Would you believe it? I couldn't love a man that works with bicycles. Far worse than anything I've ever done. Darren was now each tightening it. Darren was now tightening each bolt for the last time. She'd look gorgeous in any outfit, he thought to himself. A.A. or R.O.C. He handed her the wrench to check his work. A quick look and a kick of the tyre and she nodded. All good to me. You're a natural. You know what? I don't know what that girl was thinking leaving you for a mechanic. I know I wouldn't. This sent a warm fuzzy feeling all through Darren's body. A feeling he hadn't felt in over a year. What about you? Driving home for Christmas? Can't wait to see those faces? She asked. I can wait to see those faces, he exclaimed. What? I was um singing that earlier and I, I thought to myself, I bloody can wait to see those faces. Oh, I'm sure there's a story there. Well, shh. She, she put her finger to his lips. Don't tell me. Spend Christmas with me. Someone whose face you can't wait to see. You can tell me all about it then. I can't wait to see your face, but I don't have to. And he and they laid a smacker on each other's lips as cars whizzed by, honking at the pair of them. Come on, Darren. Let's drive home for Christmas. Cleo grabbed his hand and together they strode to her van. He paused. Actually, I, I should take my car. I don't, I don't think I could actually leave it here. Oh, yes, OK. Each of them jumped in their respective vehicles and they hit the road, Darren following Cleo's bright van. Darren, each each of them jumped in their respective vehicles and hit the road, Darren following Cleo's bright orange van. They each switched on the radio and the twinkling of the and the twinkling piano of Chris Rea chimed in. And this time brought a smile to each of their faces. Driving home for Christmas, they sang and cried tears of joy.
There we go. A romance story. And now what I think has happened here, because I watched the film um, last Christmas the other day, um, the one that um, came out a couple of years ago and is atrocious, but it was written by Emma Thompson and it's based on the song Last Christmas by Wham. Particularly, it's based on the first line, Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart. Now what I think has happened here is whoever wrote this story, I don't know who wrote it, because I just found it in the snow or something. Um, whoever wrote it um, has just taken the first line of that song and tried to make a story out of that. And, you know, it's complete nonsense. But, you know, it's not that much. I mean, it's probably better than that last Christmas film. It was awful. Sometimes I'll watch a bad film I'll watch a bad film knowing it's bad um, just because you can still get like there are some very cheesy bad films that still give you a bit of an emotional kick but this one was just boring and weird and so stunted oh weird anyway not what you get from this film this story driving home for Christmas a lovely Christmas romance about being with the ones you love um, not with the family who rejects you I mean, in Darren's case, his family didn't reject him. He just hadn't got a girlfriend. But, yeah, I can see why he was annoyed. He had to give up his bed. Anyway. Anyway, that is the end of that story. And, um, yeah, I'll just leave you with one. Yeah, a little chat about Christmas, I guess. Um, it's another year where... We, yeah, I love going to the pub on Christmas Eve. You see all these people that you haven't seen in years. Some people, that you there's a good reason you haven't seen them in years. Some people you just haven't reached out to, and you bump into them. You have a little catch up, um, and it's, it's all lovely. And I make sure that I get home uh, or leave the pub about midnight. So um, because otherwise Santa doesn't come if you're not in bed by midnight. Um, but yeah, and I don't want to be hungover on Christmas Day. But another year where that probably won't be happening. I mean, I think legally you are allowed to go to the pub. But yeah, I don't know if it's a good shout. Up to you. Anyway, yeah, it's a shame. Um, but one thing I am not happy with is um, these... I just want... You know, so Christmas number one again It's probably going to go to that lad baby group who just sing about sausage rolls and I know it's all for charity but it's just can't we just have a Christmas song that they're actually trying and not just changing lyrics for sausage rolls one it's supporting the meat industry which we all shouldn't be doing at the moment even though I do enjoy a little uh, vegan Burger King from time to time which is vegan but it does support Burger King um Yes. I just think, come on, guys. Well, let's take this seriously, the Christmas number one, and put some effort in and stop just singing about sausage rolls. Like, and it, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be number one at any other time of the year, and if it wasn't for charity. I want to see those lad baby guys try and do a song that's not for charity and see how well they do then. They wouldn't. I want a Christmas song like Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End, 
and like they actually put some effort in and it's about Christmas and it's just like you're trying to do a good Christmas song not just it's just it's not fun singing about sausage rolls okay um yeah stick some jingle bells under that uh and it'll be Christmassy that's a, a Christmas rant and then it's something that's got on my nerves for the last couple of years and they're back again with these lad baby guys and come on guys can we not have a song about sausage rolls can we have a song about Christmas that's all I want to say like it was fun when it was uh, the, the X Factor person was almost going to get it and then you'd want a little Rage Against the Machines to get it that was fun but nowadays it's just bloody sausage rolls and this is a bleak time when that is you know Christmas number like people will look back and think oh what was Christmas number one that year five years in a row so, in a row sausage rolls we need to change the world and it can't be about sausage rolls um so yeah that's all I've got to say I think um I am looking forward to another Christmas um sadly I haven't asked for a board game this year usually I will go and look at like the board game nerds and see what board game they're into then I'll ask for it for Christmas and then I'll try and introduce it to my family and we'll all learn it together and then it ends up being really complicated and I get very pissed off because they don't know how to play it and I don't know how to play it either and that's Christmas and then I turn my nose up at the kind of popular games that um, everyone's getting and it turns out they're popular for a reason because they're easy to get the hang of and I just want a complicated one um, but c'est la vie I haven't looked on those forums this year so I don't know what the bloody board game nerds are getting um, we'll just get whatever whatever we got anyway that's Christmas and it's been lovely to get back on the mic again um, and I hopefully we'll be doing it again soon um, but I have just moved into a house with four other people who I don't really know so it will be weird ranting nonsense with them in the rooms next door but we will see. Maybe I will get in the van, but I would just kind of get in the van outside the house. It could be weird. Anyway, that's for another time. Um, it's been lovely doing this. And if you are, um, you know, making your Christmas dinner, maybe you've put this on while you're eating your Christmas dinner. So if so, hello. You know, um, don't eat too much. Um Stop saying those things. Stop talking about politics. Um, a few things. Um, yeah, if you're if you're eating your Christmas dinner, um, you know, hello. But even if you're not eating your Christmas dinner, um, but listen to this around Christmas time. Um, that would be good because, like, I think after Boxing Day, maybe after the twenty seventh, you just stop feeling that Christmassy. Um, so there's a very small window that you've got to listen to this in but please do and I yeah let's get this top of the charts we'll beat Adam and Joe and yeah lovely to be here again 
Um, Merry Christmas and have a good... Um, no, what do I say? Merry Christmas and keep on boondogging. See you later, boondoggers. Bye-bye.